The people, the places, and everything that makes country racing great. This is Bushbeat on Radio Tab. And now Northern Great got to the lead here. Regal Heart trying to stick with it as they come toward the bend. They were followed then by Boomtown Babe on the inside. Varsity is three wide and in the middle uh, trying to get a run through. Carpe knocked them. Style line to the extreme outside. It's a Northern Great. Kicked away for Swaffer led by two. Halfway down the straight. Varsity getting home and running home. But it is all Northern Great. Northern Great bolts it in. Northern Great. Style line got up to get second and third was Carpe knocked them and they were followed by Varsity. Yes, that was Boom a replay from the Mareeba meeting in North Queensland on the weekend. Stephanie Horner, the trainer of Northern Great, and Kristen Swaffer, the winning jockey. Kristen now uh, claims two kilograms. Let's say good morning to Rob Luck. How are you this morning, Rob? Yeah, good morning, Steve. Uh, Merry Christmas again and looking forward to a happy new year. How was your Christmas, Steve? Well, it was good that the Horovian won on the weekend. I think he's got to the point now where... Even if you don't back the horse, you're cheering for him, aren't you? Even if you back something else, I think, you you know, you still would have felt something there on the weekend because his, his popularity is growing. Oh, you most certainly do. And he's one of those horses, even when I was watching it on Saturday afternoon um, and you saw the challenges and I was sitting next to people and I said, no, don't worry, this horse has got a huge heart. And he just kept fighting and fighting. Didn't predict the protest by any chance, but uh, I didn't didn't know where that one come from. But uh, great to see that 11 out of 11 it was a bit of a photo finish for me this morning, Steve. I've managed to... Uh, I'm driving to uh, Bundaberg, leaving Emerald this morning, and I just had to make sure I got to Gracemere so Leanne had plenty of shops that she could go and explore. Okay. Uh, it was like a photo finish looking at the time and getting stuck behind a caravan, but all is good, beautiful weather to travel on. And you know, the best thing from travelling from Emerald to Bundaberg is you've got radio tab the whole way. Been enjoying all these interviews uh, this morning. But I'm a little bit concerned. I didn't... I, I thought you'd be a dog lover. No, well, I like greyhounds. <laughs> However, I'm, yeah, I, I like dogs, but not probably inside the household. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I suppose you can classify me as, as a... I like dogs, but, yeah, I'm not a... Yep. <laughs> what's the, what's the uh, best way to put it? I'm not... Um, well, you're not a cat lover, I take it. No, I don't have a cat either. No. <laughs> but anyway. No, once, once you have a small dog and they've been in your life and they're in the house, I tell you what, mate, uh, they're pretty hard to, to move away. Uh, one, of those, one of those great pets. But uh, listening to that this morning, and it's great to be travelling in such good weather and being able to pick up yeah. Radio Tab the whole way. Yeah, every so. time I go to Desley Forster's stables there, I pop in if I'm we're doing an outside broadcast early on a Saturday. Her dog, Tess, always jumps all over my freshly dry suit and leaves saliva all over my legs so maybe that has something to do with it I'm not sure but I know Peter Rowe is about to join us on Bushbeat Rob. He certainly is and what a great uh, name for the uh, horse that won the race Northern Great uh, because as you mentioned the Horovian what a great way to introduce Peter this morning. Good morning to you Peter Merry Christmas again to you. I'm sure you had a, uh, a pretty quiet Christmas all around but Peter, I saw on some social media the, um, the the crowd at Mareeba, and it was the only race meeting, country race meeting in Queensland. Um, this uh, crowd, they were just glued to the TV sets, the whole crowd from what I could see when the Herovian was racing. It must have been a classic atmosphere to be in to see that happen and to see the Herovian win. It was. Uh, good morning, guys, and Merry Christmas to everyone. Um, it, was, it was fantastic. I... 
I was oversaddling one up, and I think it's the only time we've been late into the mounting yard and the shoes didn't really care because we were watching it on our phones. And we're probably 50 metres from the betting ring at the tie-ups in Mareeba, and all you could hear was go Harold. I think everyone knows him as Harold, even if they don't know the horse or the background, and everyone knows his name's Harold, and that's what we heard for probably the last 200 metres of the race. Yeah, and it, it's fantastic, isn't it? And it's like the uh, the days of our boy Malachi that came out of Rockhampton. They get this cult following, and of course you've got two of them happening up there. We've mentioned before the Harrovian and Penny Agua. Uh, it's just something great for racing in general, but particularly that country and provincial level to see these grassroots heroes come through and uh, and make the big stage, and hopefully in the case of the Harrovian, go even further. Well, yeah, most definitely. Like he's eleven in a row, and we've had horses go down from the north, like Strictly Smart, many years ago. Grey Missile, Tyzone's a Group One winner, and I honestly think he was a Rovian. The Rovian did a lot. Oops. Just sounds losing. Like, yeah, it sounds like we might have uh, lost him, uh, Peter Rowe. We'll get him back in a moment, uh, Rob. But interesting, we're talking about winning sequences this morning, and I don't know if you remember that horse that I touched on, you know, Sava Jet, 22 from 22, and picked again the park, and all these stats were coming up on the weekend following that winning streak by the Herovian. Oh, very much so, and uh, not so much Sava Jet, uh, but Kevin Burst, you mentioned Kevin Burst, knew very well from the Central West area. Uh, when he was training out there. Kevin's now up in Townsville, uh, I'm pretty sure. And, of course, yes, you had the uh, picnic in the parks and, of course, uh, Miss Petty in the uh, in the Central West area. Uh, Steve, they just build such a following behind them. And, um, you know, you just keep... Whether you like the horse or not or whether you uh, have a win on it or you, you find it's a losing horse, you just love to see them keep winning. And when they keep winning in that way where they've got such a big heart... Uh, it just adds to the uh, the theatre of it all, doesn't it? It does. And it'd be interesting with the Herovian where he where he would fit in a race like the All-Star Mile. You know, it's a, obviously there's going to be some top liners and, and group class horses in it, but, you know, probably won't disgrace himself. But it will be very interesting to see how he goes, particularly, you know, around Mooney Valley uh, during the autumn of next year and likely to have that one lead-up run in, in Victoria to, to get used to going that way of going. Yeah, of course, uh, Mooney Valley this year, something I'd forgotten. I kept thinking Flemington. But, uh, look, the heart that that horse has got, you wouldn't be afraid to put him in any style of race. And uh, I just hope he can keep uh, keep building that impressive uh, record. And uh, as we heard that uh, that name, Northern Great, well, that's what he's becoming up there. And I don't know if we've been able to get Pete back at all. Yes, um, we have. Yeah, Pete, um, the name Northern Great, I think, sums up uh, the Horovian pretty well. And... Uh, I picked that race, it's a Class B, but you don't often get horses that um, can go straight from that maiden into the higher level. And this was the Sidereus three-roll that we commented last week, had such a good place record and was deserving of the maiden win. Well, he went on even more impressively to take that out over Style Iron and Carp knocked him. Yeah, sorry about that, guys. I'm just on the way back from the paddock and we hit a black spot, but we're good now. And yeah, Northern Great, he, he was... As I said, like the most honest maiden you had before um, Atherton when he won the maiden there. And I was only joking with Gareth and Steph. I said, you keep going at this rate, he might make it to the Hotham field next year. And then he come out and he's done two in a row now. So um, he was, he jumped. It was, she was on the best horse and rode that one. 600, um, they quickened up in front and he just left them for dead. And she didn't really do much on him up the straight and it still won quite impressively. So... It might be one of those horses that take a while to win a race, but when the confidence comes through, he might put a few on the board. 
Yeah, it was two weeks in a row after the win at Atherton. Now, just tell me, uh, the Mariba track, after watching it on the, the replays up there, I know with Atherton you've got that downhill runners. Is there a bit of a downhill run at Mariba uh, coming from that 800 towards the home turn? Slightly. Uh, nothing as dramatic as Atherton, but it's a lot tighter than Atherton too. It's like a little saucepan. So um, it, you, can, you can win from the back of Mariba very rarely because there's a good camber on the turn. They've done a bit of work on it but it's definitely uh, more suited to your front runners. And Bluey Foresight was talking to me uh, briefly uh, yesterday, Pete, and uh, he said there was a huge crowd at Atherton. Well, I, I believe that from what I saw on social media, the crowd might have matched it at, at Mariba. Good to see the return of the crowds to the tracks up there. Yeah, it, um, it always has a, a good following boxing day at Mariba. All the locals get out. They, they'd run the first race and I was hosing off the horse and the, the wash bay is right next to the entrance and there was still a line up 100, 100 metres long. And I think they capped it possibly at either 1,500 or 2,000, but tickets were definitely sold out and it went long on into the night. The bar was pumping and the music was going, so they, they make a good day of it, that's for sure. Well, that's a great atmosphere, and uh, watching the Herovian win, I'm sure the cheer was massive that uh, went up. But there were a few features coming out of this meeting, which was their first one since September 20. Of course, none more so than the uh, Emily Cass uh, treble and the Scott Cooper double. But also really impressed after you talking to you last week with this cool attitude for Jenny Ball and one of Emily Cass's uh, winning rides, of course. Uh, this was the end of her treble. Uh, I didn't understand, oh, well, at first I knew that this was the only horse racing at the meeting that's trained at the track. No, Jenny, Jenny trains on course, and so does Alex Nullop. Alex had a few in, and there's quite a few local ones, but um, Jenny only had has a small team. She only got two in work, and they both raced, and she was 0.1 of length of getting the double, so Roland just got pipped. Um, but cool attitude, she... It was a pretty good ride by Emily. It wasn't going to lead. There was plenty of speed on and Emily just scrubbed the ears off it for the first furlong and got to the front. And as soon as it got to the front, she stacked them up and ran right away from them. It, um, you don't often see mares as they get older get better, but she's definitely one of them. The more she gets into her preps and more racing she has, she's just thriving on it. And she um, looked a million dollars in the yard credit to Tommy and Jenny. They always had their horses looking spot on. And when it went past the post, the crowd gave a good cheer too. Yeah, she, that was the open handicap. I must have been the only one uh, trained on the track that was a winner on the day. But when you look at her record, uh, Peter, I'm quite impressed by this Longhorn mare because she's had three, four starts at the track for three wins in a second. But since uh, July, she's had 12 starts and now earned prize money in every run with four wins, five placings and three-fourths. As you say, uh, a, a mare in form continues to stay in form, but she's getting better with age. That's it. And Jenny said she probably ready for a spell she said but same thing why do you put a mare that's racing good out because you never know what type of mare is going to come back after a break so while the iron iron's hot jenny's going to keep keep striking and why not like she she won an open and there's plenty of sprint races on up here at the moment so i, I think good luck to her yeah great to see those uh horses in winning form we'll take us through the emily cass uh, and scott cooper double because it was a race to race double that uh, commenced the meeting for you there yeah the emma spirit um Showed a lot of last preparation without winning, and then it kind of went off towards the end of the prep. So Scotty gave it a nice break, and he was confident it could win at Cairns first up from the spell, and it was an emergency, it never got a run. So uh, it had the form on the board. I think there was only three or four horses with real form in the race, and um, it won impressively. It's a nice, a nice spirit of boom filly. It's got a bit of size about it, and I don't think that'll be the only race it wins. 
And then yeah, uh, Frank Spears, right. I think, was his second one. So yep. it, it was um, his daughter's birthday, and his daughter's now in French Fizz, so it was a, a good way to celebrate her birthday and Christmas all in one. And uh, I think it got a it got a pretty good passage through him at the turn. The Philly Slater was in front and went went by the Cape and opened up a big gap to French Fizz, and yeah, it got there just in time. Sir Roland one more stride, I think, might have got there, but it was it was a good double for Scotty and another one who's only got a small team in work but does everything himself. He rides and shoes and. Every, all, the, all his own work and deserves all the credit he gets. So it was good to see. Emily Cass down to a non-claiming uh, non, apprentice now at the country track. She's been having a, a, a good season. Yeah, she has been. Um, she showed any amount of promise when she first came up in and then things didn't go right. She had an extended break away from the track and since she's come back and put her head down and got into it again, she's, she's riding really well. And she rides the little tracks good because she's a very aggressive rider and um, as I said, you got to, needed to be on speed at Mareeba and everything she rode was up there handy to him. And even she gave Pure Rebel absolutely every chance in the last and almost got there on him too. So she is riding good. and um, it has, Hasn't got a claim in the country, but I don't think putting her on, I don't think you need a claim. She rides as good as a lot of our seniors. Yeah, good to see the competitive uh, spirit you've got up there with these apprentices with Emily and uh, Kristen Swaffer. And, of course, uh, Rachel Shred now down to a kilo and a half. Um, Great to see those jockeys are performing so well. And uh, the meeting wrapped up in the benchmark 65. Stephen Pateras and Stephen Wilson kicking home the uh, winner there with Cousin Muscles of On Costa de Hero, one of the few uh, non-Queensland bred horses winning on the program. Yeah, I think Steve got that one back for the boys. Um, it would have been an all-girl show if he didn't, he didn't ride that winner. And um, He's a, an interesting horse, Cousin Muscles. He, he runs... a really good race and then next day it'll come out and he stands in the gates like he's got a lot of lot of behavioural issues but when he does everything right he got the box seat right behind him and he raced away in the straight and Steve's up and put a big smile on the center and Steve was here from the 200 home so it was good to see and that wraps up that uh, Mareeba meeting. But um, the important uh, news coming out of the Townsville meeting that was there on Tuesday, Peter, is, of course, we've got the Magic Millions Country Cup comes up on the uh, 9th of January, I think it is. And Janelle Ryan has done a marvellous job, I reckon, with Tambo's heart. And it was Rachel Shred that uh, I'm pretty sure I've just got to check my notes as I sit in the car here. But, uh, yeah, Rachel Shred leading all the way on Tambo's heart. And what I like about this galloper, he could have easily been uh, making an appearance in the country stampede that he qualified for, and he wasn't far off qualifying for the country cups. He's such an honest horse, but the odds seem to get better every time he goes around. Yeah, I was surprised he started. Um, Rachel's two from two on him. She won the Johnson River on him at Innisfar, which is one of the feature sprint races in the far north, and um, got back on in the qualifier and just ran him a merry dance. He, he makes his own luck. He... He has a really interesting action. His head almost touches the ground. He'd swear blind. He wants to to run 2,000 metres, but he can lead for over 1,000. He can lead over 1,400. He's versatile. He's beautifully, beautifully built uh, show of heart gelding. But I don't think he qualified for the final, which is a bit disappointing. I read in the paper um, they were all excited and realised he wasn't a Magic Million sold yearling. So... Um, that's a bit of a letdown for Ronnie and Janelle, but I'm sure there's still going to be plenty more wins for him up here. Yeah, that's a shame that he's not going there. And Janelle having a, a great day there with the uh, the third place get a pole of blast. But then she also combined with Mr. Chris Whiteley, who was in great form with a, 
a treble on the day. Of course, he had won on uh, up the river early in the day, and he'd also won for Trinity Band on overseas. But then Janelle Ryan produced October Storm in the uh, band zero to fifty-five. The team's going extremely well. It is, yeah. And October Storm, I know it's, uh, Janelle holds it pretty close to her heart. She um, she raced the mare, and she's ended up with October Storm. Uh, I don't think she intentionally bred it, but I believe it's ended up in Janelle's stables, and she owns and races it herself, possibly with her daughter Renee. And um, he's another one that's been very consistent without winning a lot of races. And looked home a couple of starts ago. Sonia rode him in Townsville and got pipped on the line and raced a lot more handy to him. It was a good ride by Chris. They had to be on speed again in Townsville and he parked right up on speed and it's a well-deserved when he's run plenty of placings and it was good to see him crack it down in Townsville and get the good prize money. Yeah, that's often uh, the stories that come out of Bushbeat. I didn't realise the close connection there for Janelle Ryan, but having uh, guys like yourself on giving us the background details gives the full story to these horses. And talking about that Magic Millions Country Cup qualifier, there was also one at Warwick on the uh, weekend, Peter, and this one is qualified. He's a six-year-old by drumbeats called Colpo di Tamburo for Le- uh, Leo Roach and Aidan Thompson. And interestingly, this horse has won... Um, it mightn't be in the same race, but he's won the last three years on the same day uh, at Warwick. He certainly likes the track. Three wins, three seconds and two-thirds from nine. He did win the same race last year, and he went to the uh, the final at uh, the Gold Coast where he finished ninth, I do believe, um, Colpo di Tamburo. So these, these feature qualifiers going into things like these Magic Millions Country Cup, I'm a real believer that... Any time you can get cream on the top of the cake, uh, whether it be in the country with the series we have, you get the provincial series, you get the country cups. There's a lovely range of uh, series of races across country and provincial Queensland throughout the year almost now. Yeah, most definitely. And it goes to show that the country horses, when they do go to town, are competitive. Like We often have people ring us up trying to sell horses to the north and they say, you know, just take them up there and just win. They forget that. <laughs> The horses up here aren't the, like they used to be 15 years ago. Like our good horses go down to Brisbane and are more than competitive. And well, as you see, the Harrovia and Paniagua, they go down there, Grey Missile, Torizone, they've all gone down and they've been more than competitive in the city. So it goes to show racing all around Queensland starting to strengthen up and it's not, it's not a case of just taking them to the bush and winning anymore. You've got to still have a good horse. Yeah, very much so, and the same even applies in places like the Central West. They they think people think they might be able to just come out with a horse. Uh, they've got to acclimatise. It takes some time to uh, adjust to the track conditions, and the horses are so competitive that are racing in all the areas. And uh, maybe the Arabian and Paniagua, Peter, will be uh, they'll be frightened to go to the uh, north now with that sort of standard. Oh, I don't, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> people, people still come at carnival time. We still got to, still got to take on the south, but it's, it's good. We're, we're getting better quality of horses all around up here, so um, it, it makes getting out of bed at 3:30 a lot easier. Oh, definitely. Uh, and of course, Mariba was the only meeting with uh, the uh, Dawson Jockey Club at Taroom. Uh, being abandoned, but they've at least had their race meeting uh, moved to the 9th of January uh, replacement non-TAB meeting there with the same race prize money and uh, program and the nominations closing off for that of course on 11am at Tuesday the 5th of the 1st, but in North Queensland, far North Queensland, uh, what have you got coming up in the in the future weeks? Uh, we had to Townsville on Saturday, we've got um, I think there's a 7 race car down there we're taking a couple of unless um, two-year-olds down, which will be good. I love watching the babies kick off, so that'll be a good day. And then we head to uh, Cairns the following Saturday. And then I believe it might even be Atherton after that and then back to Cairns again. So we've got plenty of racing coming up. 
And you said you have a couple of uh, two-year-olds to kick off. Anything the listeners might like to tune in and follow the names of? Yeah, Dad's got two first starters. One's called Smart Sphere. She's a little exosphere filly and um, a step, sidestep filly called Stepping Up. Both of them have a lot to learn, but I think if they get away cleanly, it's only going to be a small field, but I reckon they'll be, they'll be more than competitive. And your uh, next calling gig, because I know you've been calling uh, at least one race meeting, uh, run race on a uh, program with Bluey Foresight. Where do you head with the uh, the calling duties? Yeah, I imagine I'll do a couple again here at Cairns on the night. I usually do the last two because the sun gets in a really awkward spot in Cairns and makes it a bit hard for Bluey to see. Um, so I've been yeah, doing the last couple, which has been which has been my good fun, and I've had the privilege of calling some good horses like the Harovian and Modernism. And yeah, getting back into it, which is good, but it, it makes it hard when we've got plenty of horses racing, but thankfully we've got good staff and we're able to work around it like get up there for the last two. Yeah, it's uh, it's great to hear you uh, uh, doing those uh, meetings and uh, we look forward to those meetings coming up. Of course, we've also got uh, Bell, I think it is this, uh, this weekend coming up. Of course, uh, Kilcoy on the 31st of December. Yeah, Bell on Saturday the 2nd of January. Uh, one of the few country race meetings, as you mentioned, Townsville occurring there. And uh, then your Cairns meeting up there. And it's you virtually race through the whole year in that far north area, don't you? Whereas in places like the Central West, North West, we shut down in those summer months. Yeah, we do. We're lucky enough to have plenty of tracks around the place. And it, it does mean a, a fair bit of travelling. Like Townsville's, it's four hours. Mackay, if we have to go, there's eight hours. And our country tracks, though, they're all within an hour, two hours of, of Cairns. So... We're lucky enough to be racing throughout, provided Mother Nature's on our side. And so far, we haven't been washed out yet. But when the tropical storms come and the, the torrential rain we get, we often lose a few meetings here and there. But we've got plenty to choose from to try and avoid that. Yeah, and the racing uh, heads to the Central Highlands also. I think it's the 9th of January for Emerald. And, of course, their big meeting on the 6th of uh, February with the On The Bit Racing Australia Country Gala Awards uh, weekend. Congratulations. I see a nomination there for you, Peter, out of the uh, the far north Queensland area. Is um, any intention of a, a crew coming down from that area for this event? Um, I don't know. I think everyone else, but I'm pretty sure Well, I'm definitely coming. It, I look forward to it, actually. I didn't get out there last year. We had races on here, but we've got nothing on that Saturday. We're in Townsville Friday, so it'll work out good. We'll head out from Townsville, and I'm pretty sure I'll bring Kristen with me. She's keen to go down for a look. She's in the finalists for the Apprentice of the Year, yes. so um, we'll definitely be making tracks that way, and I assume you, I think Charlie will head out. She she likes to get out there, and Bonnie might go down for a look, but um, no, Kristen and I will definitely be, be on, on board and yeah, looking forward to it. Oh, yeah, it's a great weekend. It kicks off on the Friday. You're going to miss the nine holes of golf at the Emerald Golf uh, Course by the sound of it. Maybe you'll be there in time for the Emerald Jockey Club, Calcutta, Calcutta at the Maraboon Tavern at 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. But, of course, the race day, and I'm pretty sure it's a Sky Channel race day on the uh, the Saturday there before we all party on at the uh, at, at the awards and the after party. And, of course, uh, for our listeners, if you are uh, wanting to get tickets to that, just go to the On The Bit Racing Australia Facebook or website. Uh, get your tickets early, and uh, there's a courtesy bus on the uh, the three days with the uh, courtesy bus going to each event from the Western Gateway Motel. They are, if you like, the preferred accommodation. I actually stayed there last night after four hours driving from uh, Longreach to Emerald, and can recommend it. It's in a great location, halfway between the town and the uh, the racecourse, close to everything, Peter. So uh, they're starting to fill up, 
uh, fill up pretty rapidly, but they do have uh, promotion there that you'll get a discount on the uh, on the price there at the Western Gateway Motel. We're going to look forward to catching up, and great to hear that people like Kristen, congratulations on all those nominees. Uh, we'll be talking more about this in coming weeks with Matty Peters when he's back on deck and uh, Tony Clements. Uh, but it's really great that uh, the awards, after kicking off two years ago, it's getting that effect now that it's spreading statewide and, and the more people that get there from, I know it's a long way to travel, uh, but obviously in the country we're used to that, Peter. Uh, great to hear that there's a crew going to be coming down. Yeah, no, it's good. I think we've got a, a wide range of nominees. We've got um, old Grand Trick is in there for the Hall of Fame for the horses. He was a, a great horse up here for George Doolan, who actually is nominated for, I think, Hall of Fame for trainers. So um, we've had good horses up here all along and and good trainers. It's a matter of getting the exposure that we need. And as, as the same for the, the West, I suppose, there's always been good horses and good trainers, but without media and publicity, they, they kind of go under the radar. So it's good that the On The Bit Awards are, are recognising all the country participants because I suppose without the country participants, there's, there's no backbone to racing. The grassroots of racing, Peter, and uh, yeah, it's great with these uh, Hall of Fame nominees. The important thing is to be able to get the information and on the night to hear that information of just uh, the extent of careers that uh, people have had. Because when you're from different regions in the state, you might not recognise some of the names. But when you actually listen and hear to the achievements of these people, you start thinking, wow, now I know why you're in the Hall of Fame, for example. That's exactly right. And I'm looking forward to hearing some of the stories from the other, other regions because growing up, I was... Well, we, we race in the far north. I didn't know much about the, the rest of them, but as I, I get older and I watch races 24-7, you get to see horses coming in from all over the state. So I'm looking forward to it. Well, we'll look forward to seeing the crew come down from the far north. be lovely to catch up and uh, meet with you there. Uh, thanks again for a great report on Mariba this morning, the only country a racetrack that occurred on the weekend, of course, with those other meetings coming up in the far north. You'll be back uh, down the track. And as I said, great to catch up with you and uh, look forward to meeting up with you at the Gala Awards on the 6th of February. Sounds good and uh, yeah, enjoy the new year and yeah, look forward to racing, I suppose, moving forward in 2021. Peter Rowe. Yeah, happy New Year to you, Peter and uh, Steve. And that, that wraps up uh, Bushbeat this morning. Yes, uh, your wife's probably finished shocking, uh, shopping. You'll be on the road again soon, but thanks for your time this morning, Robin. I'll go out this morning with Bushbeat with a replay of that performance at Warwick on the weekend of this horse. He just said... It's interesting. It's one at this meeting, yeah. the past three years, Colpo D. Tamburo, Leo Ro Roche, and as you mentioned, a six-year-old by Drum Beats. But thanks for that, Rob. Happy New Year to you, Steve, and to our listeners. Same to you, Rob Luck. Reeling on Vulay, Mashani Bullet, Rosie Posey, unconditional, doing its best work over the final 150, but it's still got to get to Colpo D. Tamburo. It's clear in the shadows of the post. Yes, and it was too good. Uh, started about a $5.50 chance, and that takes its record to 46 starts, nine wins, seven seconds, and three thirds.